From Yoga Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills, and this is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, happiness curators, and those interested in tools, tips, and secrets coming from the wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. This is Series 8, Eating Secrets. You are on Episode 1. Ooh, she got taste. You know how some people just have great taste in either their clothes or their home decor, their kitchen design, and we kind of have this sense of, gosh, I wish I had that. And it's not like envy or jealousy. It's just like, I love the way they can express their internal creative self so easily or it seems to come easily it comes natural to them and if they are lucky they learn to capitalize on it and make it their business to share it with others and build a life they love at the same time sharing their good taste far and wide we all have good taste built into our system but for some of us we don't always hear our own specific discernment it just depends on the strength of our internal cues and the voice of others in our life Sometimes we cultivate more of the voices of others rather than our own. And then other times it gets really distracting with so many views available. It sometimes feels easier to like what someone else likes rather than listen to what I really like. But you won't ever find me enjoying Picasso if Monet, Manet or Rembrandt are in the gallery. And to choose between a murder mystery and a musical... It probably would depend on the musicals, so that means I would almost always choose murder mysteries. I know, so random. I love yoga, and then I look for for some other format completely out of yoga realm. (laughs) But for now, this series is about tastes and the Ayurvedic tastes and eating through the secrets of Ayurveda. And I did go into the six tastes a little bit in series four. It was beginning to feel remiss when I seemed to be circumnavigating and avoiding altogether the value of the six tastes, especially just as I was coming off the back of digesting our life series. The fact is the basis of yoga and Ayurveda, or anything you really want to learn, is repetition. The more we repeat it, the more we gather accumulative value. And as we repeat what we learn, even though the message is the same, such as astringent food sources at the end of a meal help the digestion and one process and begin another. But it's the repetition that develops the depth charge. Each extra morsel of a reminder develops our perception and our experience. As you begin to practice whatever you are learning and whatever you write down as you learn, your cellular memory embraces it too. But because we're on the sixth taste, it will be more about your tasting what you are tasting every day that your memory will begin to embrace. And this memory contains the essence of any message as the practice of it develops your understanding and evolution of your wisdom and your service to it. I think one of the reasons I didn't go into it quickly in the first year of the podcast was sometimes the six tastes can feel convoluted. So I'm going to try and make this series quite clear. The six tastes, even though you might finish one of the episodes and say, I don't know what she was saying. Listen to it again, because like that, every single time it's the depth charge 
that depth charge that actually will help your perception flower. Remember that there is nothing in Ayurveda that does not have a secure sound track behind it. There is always a sound logical reason and there's always a way to track forward or back in the methodology. I know there are some mind types that become so rigid trying hard to wrap their medical scientific mind around a whole system healing and they're often pitta types. The real problem is they want to use their viewpoint from the medical science to understand and that's really, really valuable. But understanding is absorbed easier with an open mind not one that is closed to other possibilities outside of the understanding of physiology of the body and mind. Ayurveda knows that the body is a complete whole functioning system. And if the mind is not completely open, there is a big chance that this traditional medicine will be deemed too different to be of great value. But in reality, there are many doctors who use Ayurveda wisdom to assist in their healing practices. They see its deep value in whole system health. Ayurveda is a traditional medical system based on enumeration. And in my brain, it works like, it's like the perfect family tree. So we start with the greatest mother of all and we proceed from there. And at any stage, we can reverse our view to reinvest some time with any of the in-between relations, any of the cousins, any of the sons or daughters, or any of the family members. But for a bit of a twist in Series 8, although you did get little practices before, I would really encourage you to do a little bit of the homework from each episode, once again letting you practicalize them in your life. But it's nothing too stressy, but it's good education, greatly helped and absorbed, easier by practical applications that awaken the curiosity point. Homework for this week is to explore your taste buds and your sense of smell. So is your taste working properly? So just for your mind to relate to the six tastes in your tongue, we start at the very back of the tongue towards your throat. And that's where the salty taste is, just at the very back, on the edges, left and right. That's salty. In between the salty taste left and right is the astringent taste, and it's quite a big patch. Moving one little tiny molar forward is the bitter taste, and bitter is left and right and middle. It's just above the astringent, so it's coming towards the tip of the tongue. But after that, then, there's the pungent taste. is kind of like at the heart of the tongue. And then the sour tastes are coming forward towards the front edges, not quite at the tip of the tongue. And then the very tip of the tongue is sweet. So we have all the six tastes there. And this is why I was, I'm wondering, how do you taste these foods? How do you, where do you feel them the most? And just inquiring even how they work for you. So maybe you have to write it down. Salty is at the back edges. Astringent is at the very back middle. Bitter is just one or two tiny molars forward and also in the center, and where sort of the center of the heart is, it's slightly forward from the middle of the tongue is pungent. And sour exists on the front edges, left and right only, and the sweet is at the very tip of the tongue, a good 
little patch of sweet there where we taste sweetness of our life. We have to remember that for our taste to work completely properly, completely properly? Properly. Without our sense of smell, taste is directly affected. And so using neti pot or finding ways to clean your nose at least once in the morning can really benefit. But also making sure that you cleanse your mouth in the morning. Ayurveda always recommends the oil pulling practice. So I still use coconut oil. I don't really veer towards sesame oil. And you can use coconut oil Ayurvedically, but sesame oil does a much better job. I just find that I'm not able to cope with it in the mouth. I suppose <laughs> to me, since I never had to take castor oil as a child, it still seems all wrong, whereas coconut oil has that sweeter taste to me. So my sweet sense is hypersensitive because it's always on alert to have more sweet. And that's just my kapha imbalance. But anyway, I think I told you that story when I was a young thing and the dentist used to always promote mouthwash, good for your teeth, good for your gums, helps with your breath. And so I went out one of these days and got a good brand and did all the bits, realized that there was something wrong. There was a good burn in my mouth, in my tongue, towards the back of my throat. <clears throat> and actually, what had happened was that I had no sense of taste for about five days to a week. I know that definitely by the end of seven days, my taste had felt more normal, but it felt like I had a big ball of fur on my tongue, but there was no taste. It was like numb. And it must have been, I can only think that either the taste buds were num numbed or completely burnt off. And when I checked the bottle, oh, <laughs> I even feel really silly telling you, but <laughs> when I checked the bottle, it said that you need to dilute with water before using. I've never heard of that. I mean, have you ever heard of something so mad? So, I mean, who's going to have time to, un to dilute their mouthwash early in the morning? So, <laughs> well, I just hope it went off the market. I'm assuming it did. Um, but I changed product types then after that really horrendous experience. And in the end, I started, uh, um, by the time I found yoga and was really embracing it, I had learned about um, Gandusha. But the oil pulling is known as, um, well, I know it as Gandusha. I think it's called um, Kavala as well. Because Ayurveda understands oil also enhances the sense of taste, but also helps to pull out toxins, Gandusha does the same job as mouthwash. But also it's that movement of swishing for 5 to 10, 15 minutes that actually helps to remove wrinkles because, you know, you're actually doing like a yoga practice in your mouth and you can feel really feel the muscles develop. Um, especially if you do it over five minutes and try and do it the minimum three days a week. And it's nourishing the cheeks from the inside out, nourishing the the gums from the inside out. When you release it, um, I wouldn't put it down the drain. I'd, I, I always think that you need to throw it into the bin um, just so it's not affecting your drains. And then you rinse your mouth with some 
um, ginger tea or something like that and gargle with that to help remove any excess that may be there. And it does take a while. It's not like another cure that draws everything out, but it does help to pull out any leftover bacteria. And you'll see it in the oil as you spit it out, um, that it has changed color, especially if your tongue is coated. This will really help with halitosis or the kind of the stronger um, breath that may go having eaten something the night before that may not have agreed with your digestive system. So um, Gandusha is a good place to start learning about our six tastes. And one of the things about learning about our six tastes is it's about taste itself, about the taste that you hold. Some things we find are really tasteless, you know, oh, I saw that movie and it was tasteless, or I saw that movie and it was just so full of tasteful ideas. You know, you, you want to dig in and get more of it. And then there's other things like, this is disgusting. It's so disgusting, <laughs> you know. I always think disgusting reminds me of um, a little tiny morsel of mold lurking on a piece of bread, and then you eat it, and as much bread as you have, the mold just jumps into every single taste bud that you have and it can't be disguised no matter even what's on the bread um and that's that's just how strong mold actually is it's that deep deep bitterness um that pervades everything and that's why our our bitter taste buds are quite small so the taste buds bring great wisdom to our life you know if you ended up out in a forest overnight one of the things about bitter is that it it's a signal to the body to eat less of this or that this could be dangerous. And, and it also works for the animal kingdom too. They wouldn't eat um, much bitter or astringent, but they'd eat a nominal amount to help with their digestion. The goal of the six tastes is one word, synergy. As amazing as the five elements are, they would find it hard to be present without the unknowing support of one of the elements. And it's the only element that is in existence without support. It's space itself. And yet its own existence is supporting itself. Because space allows for everything to arrive. And space is only used when we need it. And it doesn't always have to be there. It can be advanced upon or decreased on requirement too. And I know I said it before, but I just have to say it again. Every time I think of space, I think of James T. Kirk. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Enough of that. So let's start with understanding the five elements. Space, air, fire, water, earth combine in different aspects and become the doshas, the three doshas, and also the six tastes. And of course, once we understand the elements and how they combine, we start to understand these creations. And I was talking about bitter earlier, and bitter is made of ether and air. And what dosha is made of ether and air is fata, 
So we use that rule, like increases like, and opposites reduce. I'm already giving you, this is like the secret of eating with taste. This is the main secret, like increases like, opposites reduce. If we eat a lot of bitter foods, bitter has the short-term effect of coolness or cold. And if we are already out of balance, and we eat salad leaves in the middle or the start of our meal, we might find that we're getting bloating and if we already are a vata type or we have a vata imbalance, and I have to say, if you're going through any hormonal imbalances, any menopause symptoms, this is vata high. So to really listen to that, like increases like, opposites reduce. So you wouldn't have those salad leaves in the middle or beginning of your meal, always at the end, because that's the astringency and bitter combined. In using the five elements, the doshas and the six tastes, we really start to find the science of synergy, of how these all work together, bouncing off each other. While we listen to the synergy of the elements combining in all different fashions through the basic elements, through the doshas, through the six tastes in your body, then also we have two other components, well actually three, but one is the temperature, so that immediate sense of taste that I was talking about where if we eat salad leaves in the middle or early and we have a vata imbalance, then it's a cooling effect on our stomach because it's cold. You know, salad leaves are cold. That means that Vata's digestive power will be reduced and it often is um, a little bit vitiated anyway. That's known as like virya or the temperature, the immediate effect. And then there's the post-digestive effect, which is vipaka. And and so those are really important to to know that they're in the background but they're not going to be the most important thing right now in the whole field of learning about taste and how to eat better and experience the secrets of Ayurveda tastes. I do want to impress that although all five elements are extremely important, without space, nothing can change. It all stays bunged up in the same compressed state of being. And why am I talking about space? Because... We need space between our meals. We need space between food. We need to be hungry. So my stomach is grumbling because I am hungry. And this is a good sign. We should allow our taste to have time to develop. Rather than eating and snacking through the day, I wonder, can we really embrace the times that we are most hungry as the times that we should eat? So listening to our natural rhythm. Because there are people who find that they're, they're just not hungry enough to eat breakfast early in the morning. I would really encourage you to listen to that because it can change, especially it will change if you listen to it. And in the listening to what the body says, we learn self-knowledge and we start to trust our own inner wisdom. And it just sounds so small, doesn't it, that some days I would wake up and not feel hungry, not not very often to be honest, but I wouldn't, and I've met many clients that say this, and they they feel compelled to eat. Now, there are circumstances where people have to eat because they're not allowed to eat, like um, a friend of mine works in a specific 
really hard job and they can't eat where they work and often they're not given enough time so like that they find that if they don't eat in the morning they may not get food at all I'm not talking about that I'm talking about if you are around in your normal routine and you're blessed to be able to listen to your digestive processes then try that and so if you are a person that doesn't like breakfast in the morning what I would say or first thing in the morning what I would say was have some stewed fruit between 10 and 11 in the morning and watch and make sure that it's stewed but not with sugar I recommend you use um, fruits that already have a natural sweetness so you don't have, need to add sugar of any type to them um, and if I want something more sugary I add sultanas or raisins to the stewed fruit and then I add cinnamon cumin and ginger and it's absolutely amazing and I would use that so I, I start like a detox generally a weaning in September and then a, um, a stronger pro- process towards the end of September and it's like you, you learn slowly but surely how to remove things from your diet um, or reduce them. And reducing is just as valuable, but we first start with space and, and making space a priority for our digestive power to regain its own natural wisdom. So that's your other homework, apart from learning about your tastes, is can you actually make space in the day that there's three meals and there's no snacking? So the third and last thing to do for the next week is to watch how your digestion takes a hit when you're busy and trying to get everything done and then perhaps not hydrating enough and perhaps not eating enough vegetables. It's like if we hydrate enough, the cells become nourished and the intelligence awakens within the body. What happens when we don't hydrate enough is that the body gets fatigued quite quickly, the cells reduce, and then the the memory reduces as well. So it's really important to hydrate, but again, once again, it's about hydrating when you're thirsty and learning to not ignore your natural urges. So to become really observant for the next week of your natural urges, to become really observant of how you taste and what do you taste the most on your tongue and to be very clear on making space for your digestive power or what I call agony. So I think that's enough for today to leave you guys with um, a little bit of information to kind of spur you on because we move next into Um, My favorite taste, which is sweet, but sweet kind of isn't what we think sweet is is in the modern world. The modern world, we're so spoiled. I mean, we're spoiled big babies. Sweet, if you think of sweet to an infant, it's mother's milk. And that's the sweet that Ayurveda looks at. It looks at the most nourishing of all foods. Yeah, so... Uh, I think I kind of kept it together <laughs> first time back, so this was really distracted, um, probably because it's super early in the morning, and I'm like trying to wake myself up. <laughs> um, uh, um, a last thought before we go, and thank you so much for hanging in, <laughs> is um, to remember what the grannies used to say back in the day, your stomach doesn't have teeth. So I'm not going to give you homework for that. 
just remember <laughs> that your homework this week is exploring your, your taste buds and your sense of smell and the synergy of food, smell, and taste. And you can plug your nose to try that experiment as well and see if you can taste as well, which is such a fun experiment that I used to do with um, the yoga kids all the time. But also exploring space and allowing space to arrive between meals, allowing space to arrive during your meals. I mean, you have no idea how fast I eat. That will be the thing I will be looking after most this week. And the last thing to explore then is listening to our natural urges and really taking time to enjoy our food. Okay, so thank you for joining me. I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode. <laughs>